Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. Boy, you back. <laughs> it feels good, too. That's where I went wrong in the relationship, too. Suck his dick, don't pacify him. Well, okay, I got that, too. But <laughs> I was not supposed to be on the mic. I don't like to say people when I mean white people. Acknowledge the shit that black people have went through. Excuse my voice, y'all. I've been drinking. <laughs> this is big mama's, uh, oh, God. One cheek. Look <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch So, first of all, let people know your name. Yes, of course, of course. My name is Aisha Wusu. Aisha Wusu. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's one of them names where I'll be saying when I have a kid, oh, I yeah. want them to have a black name. Like, I want when they walk in that That's room. That's what my parents said. They said, That's good. you will have... There will be no Anglo-Saxon names yeah. in this household. Listen. It needs to be straightforward. I tell people all the time, I be like, as black as my ass is, I have one of the whitest names. You Anthony really Roberts. Mm-hmm. I should be, but it's, it changes when I walk in there when they look up my, on my LinkedIn. Versus I'm always looked up on LinkedIn. Yeah. Like immediately. So <laughs> you are in applied climatology mm-hmm. and meteorology. Yes. What got you as a black woman? into that first of all tell us where are you originally from so i'm originally from here okay i'm from garland texas actually um don't nobody know that usually (laughs) um but i'm originally from garland texas i'm from oklahoma city though originally all my family's from oklahoma and then we moved down here when i was younger and then i grew up in garland texas i went to garland high school did all of that i'm from the burbs (laughs) i really do prefer actually (laughs) Um, but then I went to the University of Oklahoma. I got my degree in meteorology. I got a book from my dad when yeah. I was eight years old, and it kind of stuck with me. You know, it's all about meteorology, all these pictures, yeah. you know, and I've always been really into math and science, and that's not what I do now. I'm not, yeah. like, sitting down doing equations or calculating or anything, but it's just the science and the beauty of it all, and it was just really interesting. And you then know? you went on to Columbia. Not not initially. Not initially. First, um, I graduated during the financial crisis, and that had an effect on everybody. That's what we started talking about, <laughs> too, when we were at the uh, networking event. Because right. I was like, yeah, I was working at Fidelity when it hit. Yep. And you talked, you were telling me about how it changed your life and the trajectory. It changed everybody's life. Yeah. You know, you don't think about it, but if you were to do a little bit of hindsight, and that was very on the forefront of my mind because I could not find a job when I graduated. And everybody thinks that it just affected the people like that were working mm-hmm. at Fidelity yeah. or that were working at some of the investment banks, but yeah. it it trickled down in every aspect. And in the National Weather Service, which most people want to work for because it's forecasting and such, and that's what you know. Yeah. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. Even though you'll go on to an app or something like that and you'll get your forecast from somebody different or a private weather company, the main data comes from the National Weather Service. It sits on the government, under the government. It sits under the Department of Defense. Right. And so that's where we get all of our data because it comes from satellites that the government puts in the space. It comes from 
observations that are on the ground and yeah. they're called uh, ground-based observations where you get your temperature you know your minimum and maximum temperature like your rainfall data yeah. and that's been around for like over 100 years so, so that's you were where it all started so at the beginning before we started we were yeah. talking about climate change and i mm-hmm. fucked it up no that was a very accurate thought process, but that's so. what i'm saying so <laughs> i wanted normal. to talk yeah, i wanted mm-hmm. to talk about climate change and you better telling us what it is and what's mm-hmm. happening with it the reason I'm telling this story is because at the beginning I was like, yeah, climate change. I was like, shit, in Texas has been 38 degrees, yeah. 54 degrees, 62 degrees, right. despite the said 80 degrees, mm-hmm. all in one week in Texas. And you said that's not climate change. It's yeah. what? Climate variability. <laughs> yes. So what is climate change and how does it affect us? Sure, sure. So it's all... You know how we want as a people to learn more about our finances, right? We want to know more about starting our businesses and everything, too, because that's not usually what we grow up with. And yeah. we call that literacy, right? Yeah. And that's what I that's what I talk a lot about is knowing the difference between, you know, climate literacy. And to your point, what the difference is between, like, climate change and climate variability. Exactly. Right? So this is an example that I actually um, did in my TED Talk. It went over quite well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but the, my example that I gave to everybody, the difference between the two, because it's important that you know, right? Because people will use them interchangeably all the time yeah. and it not really be the same, right? So what I tell people is like, like think about a wave, you know, like up and down wave. It's like, you know, it's equal in some parts. It's like the highest point and the lowest point is yeah. equal. Like you can split it down the middle. Like that's what we call equilibrium, essentially. Right? Okay. Right, so... So if you were to like lift up like all those pieces, like take a like an upper piece and pull it up and take a like downward piece and pull it down and stuff like that, that's climate variability, right? That happens regardless. It just happens on our earth. Yeah. Like it would just be there regardless because it's imperfect. Yeah. Right. But on average, our winters are cold. You know, and our summers are hot. Yeah. Now, sometimes in the winter time, we can have like a day like we do today. We can yes. have a yesterday, yeah. right? And we can have a today, <laughs> right? All in a winter. But for the most part, it's going to be cooler yeah. in the winter time, right? So climate variability is accounting for all of those things. But on average, it's the same. That's why we have seasons. Why right? is climate change important for us? Like, why should we pay it any attention? Right. Like, what can so we do to, to stop it or slow climate it Climate change, if you were to take that, like, uh, that wave that I said is distorted and yeah. stuff, and you tilt it upwards, right? That's what, and then, like, you take the ending part of it, and maybe you scrunch it up a lot and pull, like, the directions even more that's climate change that's because of what we've done yeah. that's because of going through the industrial revolutions like we've gone through we have completely changed the chemistry of our atmosphere and yeah. our oceans just is it's done it's gone we've changed it it's which essentially changes not, the the chemistry of our bodies as well right. right it does it's it's essential to you know you hear in sci-fi movies terraforming yeah you know have you heard that before where they just completely change they make it all like mountainous and like despondent and nobody can live there unless you've mutated or something Uh, something, like that. Right. That's an extreme version. (laughs) But essentially, you know, we're terraforming our atmosphere and our oceans. And to your point, that's affecting us too, because what's different is we breathe in a different chemistry than we used to. You see increased rates of asthma, especially in communities of color where they put all the bus depots and everything like that, which is essentially, you know, directly harming our health and like in a very kind of indirect and long-term way right but that's how it's changing we can't drink the water the same way we used to our water processes of desalinating and then taking out all that stuff so it doesn't harm us is different you know our food is different you know anybody that 
that thinks that GMOs aren't in all of our food is really crazy. What exactly is a GMO? I've been trying to figure out what the fuck is uh, gluten. What it like? I just I read my shit, but I'm like, it doesn't matter if I read it if I really don't truly understand. Right? Sure. GMOs are genetically modified organisms. Oh, well, they definitely got that shit in. (laughs) But it's not like it's not all bad. Like people were stacking about that it is. I mean, if you don't want any GMOs, then everybody needs to stop having kids, mm-hmm. right? Because we are populating this earth, but that's not that's not a thing that's going to happen. I got a kid. Everybody got kids. Yeah. Everybody wants, you know, if you, that's your thing. You want to have a child. <laughs> you want to procreate. But we are, it's just too many people, you know, now. And so GMOs have been used, not in that term exactly, but they've been used. We've been manipulating crops and things since we started becoming yeah. you know, since we started farming yeah. to be quite honest because corn, that's revolutionary yeah. i mean yeah look at corn from yeah. back in the day and look and at, look it, at now. it now it's not even different yeah. none of the fruits and vegetables that we eat are different that was a form of genetic modification right it may be really it is really bad right now because back then it was people were doing it i'm pretty sure ethically right but then capitalism came along yeah. you can make some money you know, everything. No and then the people need to eat as well too so exactly. it's that double entendre like you know you you know that it's bad for you but at the same time how are we going to feed all these people yeah you know so how, like what are some small modifications we can make as individuals in our everyday life that may benefit or slow down the process of climate change mm, well <laughs> just like some small well, ones like, like yeah. you know how people be like oh wow like recycling helps in right, some kind sure, of way sure. recycling does help but you actually need to clean out your recyclables mm-hmm. before you recycle them because fun fact if you turn them in and they still got food and shit all over them then the recyclable they'll just throw them in the garbage so you're wasting your goddamn time no that means you need to put in more effort yeah. Yeah. so that you don't waste their time it is it, it, <laughs> and it, it is an effort thing because mm-hmm. I know people do it and I'm like I don't even think about it like if I see it like if I go somewhere mm-hmm. and it's like the blue bin and just a regular black bin right. okay but like in my mind I'm not subconsciously going to the grocery store or buying something in particular sure. to do more I doing it because their kids came home and mentioned something about it and that's what it. will happen too mm-hmm. right and, and so I'm very practical when I tell adults about what it is they can do because some of it is Maybe you don't have the time. Yeah. You know, we can't be so harsh on everybody about it because it Thank is you literacy. For you know, it's literacy though too. It's going to take some time, and that's why a lot of times you focus on the youth when you. And that's about what I was about to say too. Because now when they grow up, it's just like me and you had the mm-hmm. conversation the other day where I was like, our parents grew up eating whatever the hell they could eat because oh, from yeah. slavery and everything that's else, all that's exactly. all they knew. Mm-hmm. And with the last 20 years with people talking about eating healthier and whatever, we look better as black people mm-hmm. and just overall people, but especially sure. black people, because we were given a lot of the shit food to eat. And mm-hmm. now that we're getting better, even when we don't have the money, we still eat smarter mm-hmm. because right. we know what that is doing to our bodies. We know right. so on and so forth. So like you saying with your kids coming home saying, yeah. hey, mom, you need to yeah. recycle. They yeah. already have it in their system. Right. It's just like when you're younger, it's easier to learn a, a second well, I language. Think that, I think that. You know, if you could mar both of those, right? If you could take into account, I mean, we're still considered millennials too, but yeah. we got a little bit. We on the cusp. <laughs> yeah, we're right. We right on the cusp. We remember a lot of stuff, right? Not having any cell phones, not having oh, any God. internet, yeah. not having a lot of things. Dial-up that service. Dial-up. Yeah, dial-up service. So we remember not yeah. having those things. So we still, you know, have a part of that within us. And so I try to mar both of them. Um, And to your point, for adults and people who are older, Mm -hmm. you know, you can relate to them a lot because their health is being affected. 
right? Right now yeah. in the present, yeah. right? And that's what you could tell them to do. And, you know, you can slowly change your diet right now because let's hope you want to be around for a little bit longer yeah. to enjoy this life, regardless of what sort of regrets that you have or not. Yeah. You know, a lot of you got children and grandchildren. So you being here, like you can, you can have your small effect on climate change by just simply changing your diet. Yeah. You don't need to be eating so much meat, you know? Yeah. You just that's don't, difficult. you know? I, I've, 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 difficult I've gotten better. Mm-hmm. I've gotten better. Like even now, like when it gets to a point, I tell her all the time, she knows I can't eat the way I used to. I uh, used to go somewhere right. I could just throw back. And I'm like, bird belly. Now things yeah. are changing. I, I eat know. a few seeds. I'm good. <laughs> That's what I tell people. I was like, people say, when do you eat? I was like, I do eat. Mm-hmm. I just think I eat kind of like a rabbit, yeah. you know? But that's because that's what's that's because that's what's good for my body you know and i can't eat like i've never eaten a lot of meat and you know thank goodness my mom was scared of my cow disease you know she didn't have us eating any of that chicken was expensive and my parents are muslim too and so they have a really clean healthy way of eating um and they're black muslim which means something completely different so can you go into that a little bit because i'm curious we don't have to talk about just meat oh sure sure i'm curious about that What's mm-hmm. the difference between so my my so they are part of the nation of Islam, right? Which which happened off, you know, it happened way before, like probably, you know, probably right after Emancipation yeah. um, Proclamation, you know, came out was when it was starting. To, and a lot of it, I I believe, and I'm just going to talk from my perspective mm-hmm. and what my beliefs, because I don't want to label this on everybody yeah. too. And that's what the show right. is about. Right. You asked me what the show is right. about in the beginning. This is what's about. Yeah, it's about my perspective. So this is truly what I believe. I think that just because Christianity was used to prop up slavery for such a long time. I think people who were still so in tune with God, right, because they still knew some remnants of what they came from Africa, right, and whether it was God or whether it was the earth or something like that, they knew something was a higher power. And so having been influenced by Christianity, I think they were just looking for something, you know, that that spoke to them more. And I think that that's where Islam came in, right? I think that it just spoke to them more and, and, and it didn't have the same, it wasn't influenced by, you know, Europeans yeah. in that way. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think that that's what they gravitated to. And then of course you hear about the civil rights movement and Malcolm X and everything like that. And for me growing up, I think what got to me the most was the black empowerment piece. You know, I'm able to move in the world in a, in so much more of a different way yeah. because that stigma of not being better, like somebody telling you you're not better because of your race or your religion or something like that. You know, I've done a lot of assimilating within Western culture, yeah. right? I'm a minority and within a minority, within a minority, within a minority, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I think for me, you know, and, and being part of the nation of Islam growing up in that, even though I'm not part of it anymore, you know, but it's still made me very much more cognizant and I just don't give a fuck, yeah. you know, about what people say because it's been ingrained in me so much. Like, so I don't care if you are in front of me telling you that you're better. I know what I'm good at. I'm good at, yeah. you know, and I put in the time and the work in order to do that without having that mentality, that slave mentality, you know, creeping up in my mind yeah. so much. And like also Christianity and yeah. like how it, you know how all religions are warped, but so much more because we live in we live in the United States. So this is my perspective, is, yeah, yeah. right? And 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 how some of that still to your point, some people are still eating the stuff that we were given yeah. when we were in slavery, and That's think you crazy, yeah. and think you right. crazy. Oh, yeah, you Muslim now? And it's like, right. no, I just don't want to eat that yeah. shit because right. I know it doesn't benefit me in exactly. any kind of way. It doesn't benefit my lifestyle, right. my health, like health, nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of that, like because I was told that stuff right from the jump 
you know, and that has been just put into me so much. And I'm still kind of, you know, I'm still around that. My parents are still, you know, very much like that as well, too. And so, but it, like I said, it makes me be able to move around the world. And so, you know, when you get into saying, when we get into saying things like, you know, well, how, how are you a black woman within yeah. this? It's because nobody ever told me, even if they told me yeah. that I couldn't be, it I don't doesn't care. Matter. Yeah. Like, I do not care. How you know? dangerous, what you're saying that, how dangerous is it? This is how I think mm-hmm. about it. A lot of times I'll tell Arteza, hey, I'm going to church Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you know why I hit you back? Before that time gets it's there, the same reason. I literally I think about it and I'm like, I know where Christianity comes mm-hmm, from. Mm-hmm. I know why it was given to us, and, you and we literally know. have built edifices mm-hmm. and built them like on this shit. Mm-hmm. And you also know that you're probably gonna hear the same thing. The because same message when you get older and you think about it, like literally the pastor was saying the same stuff the same over stuff. and over and the musicians were helping him out by playing at a certain time. <laughs> Why do you get, get therapy? Why do you go to a, a counselor or a therapist? To get better, mm-hmm. to get help. Yeah. If you left that therapy I mean, the the reasoning with a therapist is to help you get better mm-hmm. to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Churches are supposed to help you get better right. to move on. Yeah. No church should be like like the way I was raised, like they try to birth you and raise you and keep you there mm-hmm. or sure. they keep, they build religion around you to keep you there. Yeah. And it's like, that's not And if healthy. you try to leave, then you're wrong. They're casting a the stone mm-hmm. on you. I, like I said, I try to have a little grace with everybody. Right? I do because too. Because everybody thinks differently and I understand why it's there yeah. for sure. You know, the community is a strong piece. Yeah. It's a strong piece of that. It's important too. Right. I do, I do, I do so much believe yeah. that. Right. But, um, you know, your community doesn't have to be built around all the same people who think just like mm-hmm. you. Too. No, they don't. Right. And and that's what true diversity in your community you is speak as well, too. Exactly. Right. Because you have a little pieces of people, you know, that that do think differently than you do. Yeah. And that's OK. And but I think that we've been made to think that that's not OK. Yeah. You know, that's not OK. You're not part of the community and stuff like that. And then we have so many subsections of it, too. I think that's sometimes what bothers me the most, like, because listen, I have a strong reference for major religions, yeah. right? They have built our societies the way that in which they have too. So let's not try to, you know, I, I never try to take away like yeah. the beauty, the art, the music, the everything that came out of that yeah. too, right? Because there was quite a bit. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're human beings and like I just the, the divisions that it makes yeah. among us because it's the divide and conquer mentality that came from Europe. And it goes back still to so perfect. and it even goes back to like we were saying on the last episode. This is my thought process. Mm-hmm. If I go, let's just say Wheatland Road off 20, mm-hmm. you got full gospel Holy temple. Oh, yeah. You got every corner. Uh, yes. uh, <laughs> you got Ibach. You got. Uh, Freddie Haynes Church uh-huh. up the way, and then you got Come Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. You got mm-hmm. all those churches mm-hmm. within five miles of each yeah. other. It goes back to what I said. Everybody, especially black people, I'll stick with us today. We want our own mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to coming together, joining those churches together and all the money that you got at those, at those other churches. Open up a black grocery store. You can open up a black school. Yeah. Five churches in one area. Let's all go to Friendship West. Let's mm-hmm. you can have an all star pastoral team. Do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And turn all, logically though. Yeah. But <laughs> and then take all those other churches, mm-hmm. make black schools, make black recreation centers. You don't even need all of that. Yeah. Let's hope that we want that we do get to that point in time. Man, that's a big hope because yeah. black people want their own Listen, stuff so bad. I man. have I have a lot of hope. I wouldn't even be working in the industry yeah. that I am 
if I wasn't hopeful because yeah. it's real hard, you know, to be hopeful in something like that yeah. because that's been happening. We've been doing this for thousands of years. Yes. We've been, this mentality has been in us yeah. for a very long time. Right. And it's going to take some time. I mean, how long let's, let's just like give it a round number for how long that we think just African-American slavery was in existence. Right. Yeah. 500 plus years. What about slavery before that mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of other people mm-hmm. and before that and yep. before that and before that I thousands, think just, and thousands and thousands of years, if you believe in evolution, but this is but that's the truth. And it's crazy mm-hmm. too, because I was watching something the other day and I was like, it's crazy how people, the humanity, the lack of humanity in people, when you think about that, every type of person that's come to America was at some point enslaved. Yeah. But who were they enslaved by? Sure. One person. So if you looking at all of this mm-hmm. and that's the thing where I'm like, people are so far gone when you have an Irish person that looked down on a black person. I'm like, you was a fucking dog to them when you got here. It was when you began to assimilate and they yep. gave you a place. You fell in line. And now because right. people are so ignorant and it's a melting pot, if you just have white skin, you're considered white. Sure. And if you have dark skin, you're considered mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. or less than. That's how simple it is, yeah. which is why when we speak about racism in America, we still only say white and black. We don't mm-hmm. have to go through all these other colors. It's a mm-hmm. color scale of dark to light. Mm-hmm. And whichever one you fall on, that's how you're going to get treated. Yeah, exactly. But it's that it's, you know, what you're saying, it's. It's how you deal with it. It is. Right. And what's going through it. And I don't try to like, I don't try to tell people that it's, it's very important. Right. And I'm not trying to tell people that it shouldn't, you shouldn't speak up about it. Like I tell people all the time, cause I also work in career development. Yeah. So I work with a lot of students of color primarily and them going into fortune 500 companies and corporations and investment banks where the corporate culture is much different. Yeah. Right. And the nuances that exist in all of that and how your simple turns into very complicated, right? Especially if you're trying to build up familial wealth, which all of us are, because we ain't got none, right? And so, (laughs) you know, I tell people all the time, like, I understand that you want to work in this environment, right? And you want to make that money. Let me not, yes, you deserve to do that, right? But there are certain things that you need to understand about it too in order to be successful until you can do something on your own, right? Because we cannot sugarcoat that so much. Like I do, like I I tell people all the time, I do want you to take up that baton and I want you to run with it, right? But that's not ours though too, right? And this company that said that, oh, we're all about diversity and stuff like that and we really appreciate your opinion and stuff, you know, have some EQ though. We need to have it like we need to understand what it really, really means, because, yes, they got you in there on that. But you best believe if you go to HR and you start complaining and you have no support whatsoever, HR works for that company. They don't work for you. Right. And so if you want to do that and like if your ultimate goal is to do your I'm not saying to like put your head down and not say anything. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. If you have some support system that's there, then you you go to the top with that and see how you can go. But if you don't, then maybe you need to learn what you need to learn and move on because maybe that's not the best space for you yeah. to be in. Let me let me double it mm-hmm. back to the uh, climate change and yeah, just sure, being sure. Uh, in meteorology. Is it important for people of color to be in that field? You know, a lot of yeah. times they try to tell us, hey, you know, the world will change if you have more black lawyers, more black doctors, more black. So sure. would it change more if we have more for minorities sure. or black Absolutely. people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then we come with our own perspective. Right. And our own perspective may be kind of like what you said at the beginning. Yeah. Like, you know, that 
Dang, climate change is affecting Texas so much yeah. because it's raining one day and it's like it was snowing the other day and stuff like that. Because having us in that just adds to literacy itself. Yeah. Right. Literacy that we can propagate and tell other people too. Right. Because now that I'm in it, you know, my family knows that I do this. They may not know the, the all the particulars of it, but they damn sure know that I'm not a meteorologist on TV. Yeah. Right. And so they can tell somebody else that who can tell somebody else that who can tell somebody else that. Right. And I also sit on the board of directors for the school in which I graduated from for undergrad, which is a school of meteorology. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, there still have not been any black females that have graduated from that program since 2003. Right. Mm -hmm. Since I was last there. But there was recently a student that was there and I went to kind of like this this fundraising event and they sat her at my table and I know they did it intentionally Mm -hmm. and I don't even care. I'm glad. Right. Because when she talked to me, she was like, damn, I feel so isolated. She's like, I didn't even know there. I didn't even know that you graduated from here. Right. And so like just that alone, like that's a lot because then she'll go back and tell somebody else. You know, how would you even like speaking about diversity Mm -hmm. earlier? How would you even tie that in? Like, how do so if it's just you mm-hmm. and then one other minority mm-hmm. and let's just say it's 50 people in the class and the rest of them are white. Mm-hmm. If you if the shoe was on the other foot and it was 50 black people mm-hmm. and it was two white people, how would you include them in a you know, to make them feel like, hey, this it, we are welcoming diversity. Right. And you're welcome. So here. I think we need to take some tips from Africa because clearly that, you know, that they're doing it right and stuff. I'm not talking about colonialism or yeah. anything like that. Let me be clear. <laughs> um, I'm talking about how the people are doing it, because the first time that I went to Africa, I'm not even going to lie. It was it was a big mind fuck because that was the first time in which I blended in yeah. versus the other way around. Of yeah. course, when I open my mouth, they're like mm, American, yeah. you know, but. They never said American. They said, ooh, America, uh, so your parents are from here? Yeah. Right? And that doesn't, and I'm talking about in East Africa because my experience is not in West Africa at all, right? And I think that sometimes we even tend to think as black people, you know, I was in Ethiopia and one of my friends was like, we wouldn't even be able to know that you weren't from here. And I was like, what? I don't look Ethiopian. They're like, what are you talking about? Yes, you do. Yeah. Because you, you don't feel <laughs> you like you are attached descent, to that. Yeah. Right. But they were like, there are people who live in like southern part of Ethiopia that look just like you, you know, and you don't even know that yeah. because you guys even have a different sense of yeah. what you think Africa is like. Very true. Um, and so they do it all the time, though, because people come to study over there all the time and they're just as welcome. And they've just they've just steady having people, you know, come back and come back and come back because to them it's better that those people can come back and take the experience that they had with right, them yeah. so that they can dispel any sort of um, uh, stereotypes or something that you would have carried with you. Yeah. So but I think to us, like if that were to happen right now, I mean, there there are. You know, there's still black people that go to historically black universities and such. And I don't I have not heard of one person that has come back with a bad experience. But do we have bad experiences and go to predominantly white universities? Yes, we do. And the thing about it is we talked about that last year Mm -hmm. on the podcast about the girl or a couple of years ago, the girl that you it was somewhere. The white chick wanted to go to the college and they didn't let her in. So she filed a lawsuit and they allowed her to get in. And Mm -hmm. I was just like. And the thing about it is people, the, the the comments that people were making, they were like, well, why she even got a suit to go to the school? She should just be able to go. Why is it a black school? But what mm-hmm. even white people, that's why I say it's important to know your history. Because right. white people, we know our history. Right. White people don't know their history. They know it. They don't want to accept it. Exactly. But it's like HBCUs were created because black people couldn't go to yeah, white co- yeah. schools. So, yeah, we created this curriculum strictly and particularly for us. Right. And in those places, I tell her all the time, I wish I, I, I would have went to an HBCU mm-hmm. because anytime I talk to somebody that went to an HBCU or even a black school like 
you know, Roosevelt High School, wherever these schools are, they uh, it's a different mindset. Mm-hmm. It's in a mindset of empowerment and mm-hmm. loving yourself. Kind of like you said, mm-hmm. you can't walk into no room. I don't care if it's a thousand white people. I'm only black. You can't tell me I'm not as mm-hmm. superior like y'all. I belong here. Yeah, right. I belong here. Exactly. And it's not because I'm black or affirmative it's action. I'm a human being. It's because <laughs> I did that? what the shit I needed to do but to be also, here. also, it's just even more simplistic than that. You're a fucking human being just like Just me. like it's simple. Don't it? I'm not, I'm not even trying to like go on any intelligence or learning or literacy or yeah. anything like that whatsoever. Not even any empowerment, right? It's just that we're human beings. Simple. That's just that's just as simple as it is. It's just a difference of melanin and a couple chromosomes. I mean, let's let's just be real yeah. about that. And so my even my mentality is even more like simple than that. I'm just like you a human being too. Yeah. It's just that simple and yeah, like sometimes, maybe sometimes I wish that I would have went to like a historically black college and yeah. university, but not really yeah. because, you know, every experience is a black experience. Every single one, every single one that everybody has is the experience. It don't matter what it is, yeah. right? It don't even matter if, you know, if we're not that in tune, you know, with our black community and stuff too, if we're called the token or whatever that yeah. has, because that happens to us too, but every experience is relevant and we need to be talking to each other about our different experiences. And, and it doesn't matter what experience that it is. Like it's just the same thing that we says that does not make you any better or any less than nope. anybody just because your experience was different. Right. Cause everybody's trying to do the best they can. I can't do anything about the, the environment in which I grew up in that my parents put in front of me. They yeah. thought that they were trying to do the best that they possibly could for me yeah. whatsoever. So if I didn't go to a black college or university because of that, that was just because that that's the experience that I came from. You yeah. know, that's my, that's my history. Yeah. For and me, stuff that I'm bringing forward. I just, the reason I say that is because just coming for, I come from just mm-hmm. a, a small town being a country town, predominantly white, just like mm-hmm. anything else. And growing up as a Christian, mm-hmm. it's like a white religion, mm-hmm. a white town, and it's like what no matter how black we were raised or how black we grew up, like it's still some part of you that's whitewashed until you understand and gain the knowledge of what it is that you can change or have power to change. So for me, it's just I would have learned who I was a little bit sooner for myself. Maybe. I feel Maybe. like I would have because of <laughs> you the, don't the, know that, though. the reason I say that is, though, is because of the people who have just I just like you said earlier, mm. just off perspective, right. based off perspective and based off the people who that I know that have went, mm-hmm. I feel like they are more self-aware. Yeah, they mm-hmm. still have struggles like anybody mm-hmm. else, sure. but they were reinforced with who they were and who mm-hmm. they are younger. It's the same thing I see with her kids, like because of who she is, sure. her kids are 11 and 12 or 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. And they are in my they don't know as much as I knew growing up. But they are more in tune with their blackness, I feel like, than I was at mm-hmm. their age. I was just a black kid. I knew I was a black mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. But you and, and Tony, yeah, they have yeah. taught them what the power of it is being a black person. We are human. Sure. We are all human. We can simplify it. But it'll never be that simple in life. No, mm-hmm. no, it won't be. And But the thing is, is that I even have a different, I, I have a different perspective of even what yeah. you're talking about. Like, you know, you would have learned to be black, you know, you would have learned to be black, but that's, that's even different for me. You know, what I thought about that was different for me because Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in black Christianity and such. And then when I went to college, you know, I was looking for a different experience Mm -hmm. than what I had grown up around, which was different than my black American Muslim experience and my black American, you know, Christian experience from all of my friends. So I wasn't necessarily looking for that because that was what my perspective was of blackness. Mm -hmm. But 
I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's not, it's so different. Yeah. You know, it's so different in different pockets of the United States too. And like, and where you grew up. And so that's more important to me. So like I can string them all together, you know, and gain a, and, and see how diverse it is yeah. because I also don't want, you know, I used to think that too, you know, that dang, I don't feel as black as like these other people that had mm. this experience. Right. But that's not necessarily what that was. And yeah. then I go over to Africa and I have so many friends and then them asking me about why do we have to know everything about what's going on with you? You don't even know about what's going on mm-hmm. with us and stuff, too, because, you know, what they told me when I was over there, they were like, you know, why do you guys expect us to know about slavery so much? You know, why do you expect us to know about what went on in your city? Do you know about the East Af- African slave trade? Mm-hmm. And no, I didn't. Right. And that was their whole perspective. Yeah. Right. And them saying that, you know, because of because of TV and culture and stuff like that, like you definitely see more of the black culture pushed in front of your face. But where did it come from? Still Africa. Yeah. Right. And so and then they're like, you know, but everybody looks at that and they expect us to know everything about that. And like people come over, so they, like people, even us, we come over like and we preach to them, you know, about our whole experiences and how it's not like that over here and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, and a lot of them don't even want to come over here like anymore because they were like you know why we don't want to be treated like that we're not treated like that over here yes it's (laughs) it's definitely Mm -hmm. a difference um but that's what i'm talking about that's why my experience of like what i even consider like the black experience and what i consider to be like a diasporic but like you said every experience is a black experience that's why i was typing because Uh i was like that's gonna be the name of the podcast every experience (laughs) is a black experience like because it is and i so me and her have that same thing Mm -hmm. to where it's like I knew who I was as a black kid, but like we grew up different. Like oh, a lot yeah. of movies she didn't watch, yeah. a lot of things she didn't do. I still so, ain't seen a lot of movies. So it's My one of those things like, where, nope, and I tell her, it's movies. like it don't mean you. It don't mean you're less black, like <laughs> right. you say. It don't mean you less but black. You just grew way, up differently. Right. But that's the way other black people make you feel. Right. Well, you cry. When, we, you're yeah, gonna get jokes yeah. cracked because that's a part of the culture. You ain't of black. Us. Yeah, you ain't black. <laughs> I think but, that's starting to happen less and less. Oh, for sure. And I and I feel very. I I think that that's you know that's a wonderful thing. Like you know that's a wonderful thing even to be on like a podcast like this and be, be like you know people are like oh not everybody does that and not anymore like and side because I don't know what you're talking about anymore yeah. you know because that's <laughs> what I used to get a lot yeah. you know oh you're not on tv oh man I was hoping you was on tv and next you yeah. know that's what but I it's used a lot to of get other all stuff. the time yeah but it's a lot more like I think when when I when I met you when you came up to me when you said meteorologist for me I was just like wow mm-hmm. in what capacity yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? You know, like what part of it? And then you started to tell me a little mm-hmm. bit more about it. And I was like, yo, well, I do a podcast, so on and so forth. Sure. If you feel like you have something you would like to discuss or bring to mm-hmm. to the podcast, because that's what it's for. Sure. Like like you say, somebody may listen and they may have had a thought process of, hey, I wanted to do this, but sure. ah, I didn't because of whatever the reason may right. be. But to hear it, like sometimes it's just exposure. Right. Exposure to know about what's out there, other right. things to be done. And like, uh, and you know, and, and in that I can talk just a little bit about what I've done in my career because it's so multifaceted in and of itself. And yeah. I didn't even think about this stuff when I was an undergrad. You know, I did think, OK, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be, you know, yeah. I don't I don't particularly want to be on TV, but I guess like that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. Right. Because that's the road to do. And it wasn't until I was actually there that I was like, wow, you know, I'm I'm thinking about all these applications that meteorology can have. You know, at the when I was in school, I was really interested on 
how people were interpreting this information, especially if English wasn't their first language, yeah. you know. And I kind of landed on this town in Texas that had been hit by this tornado, and they had so many more casualties because the warnings were not in Spanish, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They were just in English. So That's people crazy. just didn't even know what yeah. was going on. They didn't know to take cover, and that probably could have saved so many lives, yeah. right? And so I first, like, looked into that. And uh, that's when I started thinking about all oh, the all these different applications of it. So maybe I just don't have to do this. But then the financial crisis hit, yeah. right? And I was trying to find a job outside of um, when I graduated, and I ended up launching weather boons out of Chickasha, Oklahoma, like for like <laughs> eight to sixteen hour shifts yeah. because you know that was a job. They paid me some money, like for mileage and stuff like that. And I just wanted to put something into practice too. Like you know, I was literally blowing up big weather balloons that are like you know three, four feet in diameter and hooking in like a little box, like a little computer box, like onto them and then setting them up um, into the atmosphere yeah. so that they could take recordings on like temperature, humidity, yeah. um, uh, you know, just different things like atmospheric measurements, yeah. you know, because those are the measurements in which they use, like people will give that data for free for a project, right? And anytime you have some data, you have power. And like I always talk about how data is currency because it is, Mm -hmm. right? It it very much is because data is our inputs that you put in for predictive models, right? That's how we get our weather forecast. That's how we get our stocks, you know, and how they're going to perform. That's for everything. Everything. That's why when I was in Fidelity, it was weather forecasting. People are like, what do you mean weather forecasting? Mm -hmm. We project the numbers and the way the the rise and fall of the stock market is going to be. If you don't know that, that's how I always talk about it. Trader is touchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and that's why data is very important and long standing data too, right? So we can take some data now, but the data that's most powerful, the models that are most powerful are from data that we've we have what millions of like whatever you want to think about data. Yeah. You know, the more that you have, the more accurate your models can be. They're not always gonna be one hundred percent. But I think that I started like figuring that out, like at a very like whatever and whatever experience that I get is going to be relevant experience, yeah. right? I'm gonna learn something from this. It's not just gonna have to do with meteorology, yeah. but maybe it'll have to do with how I interact with somebody. You know, I started picking up on social cues like very very closely and being attuned to that because I also thought in my mind and my dad did a really good job of saying that is like that's not yours until it's yours. Yeah. So whenever you get hired for a job and it's not yours, you need to remember you're hired for what they hired you to do. Yeah. Right? You know, it like, your job. Tell it's that, your job. Tell that mm-hmm. to every white yeah. person in goddamn America. <laughs> when I'm on my lunch five minutes past the goddamn time, this is my job. I'm taking a risk. You take your ass upstairs and you mind your goddamn business. Before we get up out of here, no, let people right. know where they can find more yeah. information um, if they want to know more information sure, about sure. meteorology or climate control, right. what's some uh, sites they can find? And what is your, if you want to put out your LinkedIn yeah, page, because yeah. I know you have information. on No, it. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not really, I don't have all that much social media out there. <laughs> um, but I do have LinkedIn, so you can always just type in my name. It'll be Aisha O. And it's really easy. It's A-I-S-H-A-O. And just look for someone. I, I, I didn't talk much about it, but I work in climate and health for the World Meteorological Organization. That's a really good site in which you can look up because they put out the mandates for all of the national meteorological agencies around the world. So how it is that they collect data, what sort of services that they're wanting people to get into, applications to yeah. things like agriculture and health and um and like, uh, what, what am I thinking about? Like the electricity and and um, 
and hydropower and things like that yeah. too. Uh, they put a lot out of, of the mandates about that. The National Weather Service here in the United States is also a really good information. It's housed under the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. There's like so I much said, shit <laughs> <laughs> and they also are the ones that have like the National Hurricane Center, right? Mm. The National Severe Storms Laboratory, the Storms Prediction Center. There are all these different facets of like what goes on to put together your forecast too, yeah. and that people do stay in tune. With their national, I mean, with their local weather stations and stuff. And if I have to say anything before I leave, I always just tell people, you know, try not to be too harsh on the people who are forecasting the weather for you, right? Yeah. Because they are just forecasts. Yeah. They are not 100% accurate. That shit and, been wrong a lot for the last couple and of years. I say this too, like our atmosphere is a living, breathing thing, right? It can have, like the butterfly effect can happen. Like say, for instance, we have a fire, Right. That's just a couple of houses away from here. Right. That smoke and ash and everything that's released into the atmosphere can have like a butterfly effect somewhere else that yeah. could not have been predicted because it was an anomalous because event. Of, yeah. Right. That was not figured into any models or anything like that whatsoever. But still, the risk is minimized by you having that forecast. Yeah. Right. So even if you had to take shelter and a storm didn't move through or a tornado didn't hit. Right. What? What did that take away from you other than time, yeah. right? To possibly have like minimized something that happened uh, to impact. you, like an impact that happened to you. And, you know, wrong forecasts, they don't happen all that often, yeah. right? You can't get that upset just because, oh, it rained, but it didn't sleet, yeah. you know? And <laughs> like, but, you know, it still happened and there's still something that can happen just like that, you know, that can disrupt anything whatsoever. Yeah. So I just, that's a little bit of like, weather literacy in which i like to impart on people well we definitely appreciate you coming through yeah. for the podcast miss aisha Owusu. yes okay Owusu. Owusu. Yeah. so we definitely appreciate that artiza thanks for coming out spider thanks yeah. for running the board what is the song that you guys came up with that we're gonna go out on today oh it's uh summer walker come through all right, and that was given to us my, by Miss Awosu. So <laughs> we hope you guys appreciate this. You've been listening to The Reality Is. Mm-hmm. Be sure to inhale courage to exhale success. Thank you for coming out today. Thank you. And uh, that's episode 268. 269. Ooh, it's 269. There you go. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. 
tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.